Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Indeed. Good morning. There is a war that is basically exploding all around us. Father, we ask you for peace. We ask you for wisdom and counsel and the instruction of the Holy Spirit. As we approach this subject today, Father God, that you give us eyes and ears to hear and see and a heart to be taught, to submit to you, Lord God, not to be rebellious, not to be angry, but to operate in the Spirit of God and know that you are the one, Lord God, who is the righteous judge of all and that you are um, will re- resolve all of the matters of offense and injustice in your way and in your time. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can forgive, we can release from judgment, we can discern, we can understand and we can know how to behave, how to respond in these very volatile times in our country. And so, Father God, we ask now that you please give us wisdom, that we'd speak as the oracles of God, we'd operate under the counsel of the Holy Spirit, and that... Uh, You'd keep us out of the way, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. Well, good morning. Good it's morning. It's a good, good morning. morning. It's a really good morning. Yes, it is. You know why it's so good? Because, because God is good. Yeah, because we're moving closer and closer to the days of the coming of the Lord. Um, you know, the topic today, uh, what's going on in the world? And I think I would like to tagline that. Have we lost our minds? What's really going on behind all this uh, national um, frenzy for rights and fear and safety and rioting and, and division and, and just, just in crazy, insane behavior. Um, you know, what is it, uh, you know, a couple of words I would like to use to describe it and you can throw your words in too, but just to generalize, it's kind of like a demonic frenzy. It's a, it's a group insanity. Um, and, uh, you know, have we, compl- you know, what is, what are we to do in this in the place where this is that kind of a, the behavior is so out of control. It is. It, it's an insanity. Is and in, 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 you know the anti-Trump violence there in, in Washington D.C. So it's like you know does this make sense? Okay, I don't like President Trump. Therefore, I will break some windows in some businesses, mm-hmm. set garbage on fire, and set a limousine on fire. Okay, is is that? Well, it, I think really what it is, is these are little uh, obvious details of a deeper spiritual, very scary problem that's going on. And I think today we want to not call your attention to the details, because I'm sure if you watch any news at all, you've seen them all and probably more than I have. But this is really, uh, really the, 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 the excuse for all of this is fear that we're afraid we're going to be not safe and lose our rights and blah, blah, blah. Their rights to basically do what they want to do, sin, kill babies, and right. uh, sleep with children, you know. Um, it, it, and I'm not saying they're all like that, please. But, but you know, it doesn't make any sense that the people who are, are demonstrating for women's rights are actually being led by people who endorse Sharia law, for one thing, which is taking away women's rights on every level. You think you don't have not rights, you don't have rights now, that would just take you back to the dark ages with right. with, with uh, being captured and controlled right uh, and, you know and, and again the poster the official poster for the women's uh, rally in washington dc was of a woman 
with a Sharia uh, headdress yeah, uh, made out of an American flag. Yeah, it was a nice looking, really good, well done. I mean, very oh, artistic. Oh, but, oh sure. But, but what is it saying? But like you're saying, uh, honey, one of the uh, four organizers is openly pro-Sharia law. She's yeah. the executive director of the Arab American Association of New York. And basically, so if, if part of the influence here is for women's rights, and part of that it's is a, it's thinking a lie. we're going to have Sharia it's a bait. law. It's a hook. It's, it's like, a deception. Well, under Sharia law, women can be beaten by their husbands without impunity. They would be totally subservient to their husbands. Mm-hmm. They have no divorce rights. Mm-hmm. They have no joint property ownership in a mm-hmm. marriage situation. And Hillary Clinton would certainly never be running for president. And she would never really supposedly endorse all that. So this is kind of interesting how that, you know, what, what they're doing, they're gathering up the, the disgruntled, the unhappy, the confused, the, di- the d- d- double-minded people to pull them into their diabolical cause. Really, there are a, there's always like, it's always like this. There's, there's a few that are out of control, that are enraged, that are, I, I would say, um, these are demonic tantrums that we've been seeing. They're, th- they're fits of rage um, that must be alarming, seriously. If they're not alarming to us, you know, some of us are very, very much pro-God, and this is not really political at all. This is very spiritual. This is diabolical. These fits of rage, these demonic demonstrations, really, of, of insanity. and, and, and uh, they're, they're beyond, It's like a person who commits an, a heinous crime I'm kind of comparing it, but people who lose their minds, they, they can, they can, like, I'm thinking of no, stories that we know of people who have been disassociated or blanked out or, or, or blacked out and they go and do a seriously horrible thing. And then they kind of like come to and can't even believe they've done it. And this is part of the diabolical takeover in people's lives, especially if they give place to the devil over and over. But this is pretty alarming to me. Um, and it really really t- leads us right into what the word of God is saying about the last days. And in the last days, the perilous times would come. I've got to read, actually start, let's, let's do a Romans one again. I, I, you know what? I actually must confess to you. Romans one is so graphic and so specific that it's very hard for me to even read it. I, I think as you get more and more into God, this stuff becomes more and more, uh, I don't know if the word is offensive. Obvious. Well, obvious is a good word. Thank obvious you. That's- because it's so obviously. Yeah. Describing yeah. the situation we're in. Well, and, and this today. this isn't a new thing in the earth. This is, and not to say that that makes it okay, but if you go back into um, just American history, and I'll get to Romans in a second here, but even in our own American history, where we, you know, try to look like we're all, you know, so civilized and modern and, and for everybody's rights and so sweet and accommodating and well bred, we have, we have in our past things like the Ku Klux Klan. We have things in the past like the Civil War. We have um, assassinations of very good presidents. We have, um, you know, people who are indulging in, in fulfilling whatever they want at the expense of others. And that's a new that's a, not an old that's not a new thing. Um, and, and for people who are standing in their way. Uh, and so, like, you know, people back in the day were all taken up with other with kinds of things, too. And there were injustices and people had to stand up and people had to protest and people had to bring um our nation back on course to, to bless one another and to, uh, you know, give dignity, um, the pursuit of, of happiness to all men, all colors, all races and all creeds. And that is what America is. America is an immigration, a melting pot. It is all we are, are immigrants. We're all immigrants. Some of us have just been here a little longer than others. And we're not 
saying immigrants can't come in. We're not saying anything like that. We're just saying to the very basics of everything, we have to go back to the word of God and to submit to the Lord God and his ways. And in Romans, God already explained how this happens, why this is happening and what's going to happen. Um, if you dare to read Romans uh, 1, starting with 20, uh, we'll start with 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lust of their hearts, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, worshiped instead of the creature rather than the creator. Um, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, women changing their natural use for what is not natural. Um, men also, uh, then going into verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They didn't like it. They didn't want it. It was repulsive to them to retain God in their knowledge. God had to give them over. He gave them over to a debased mind. They lost, their consciences were seared. The conscience is kind of like the, 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 I don't know, the point of gravity or for a center of, of righteousness. You know, you, you have a conscience. But when your conscience gets seared and you don't care anymore, right, wrong, everything slipped over to the other side, and you don't really recognize anything but the rage and the anger and the offense that you're taking up. Um, the debased mind, I think that's the steering of the conscience. So now, verse 29, being filled, being filled. Now listen, does this not describe what we are seeing and what we uh, have seen and what we anticipate? With all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness. We're not judging people. We're using these words to describe behavior. Behavior, we're discerning behavior here, not judging people. If you participate in a behavior, you are more likely going to be judged for that behavior. That's just the kind of the way we socially do it. But there is a being in there that is doing something that is very anti-God, anti-God, anti-Christ. This is really the spirits we're looking at here. It's, it's really rebellion against God, not against a political party. This is not about Democrats and Republicans. This is about an anti-God spirit that is calling for an antichrist and you will get your antichrist this is only an interim this this is still moving towards the the day of wrath when when wrath will be declared and judgment will come and the you know the day of the wicked will end but so there's 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 unrighteousness sexual immorality i think sexual immorality is such a violating thing because it causes people to become perverse perverse they become defiled. Their innocence is stolen. They become um, uh, ashamed, guilty, defiled, uh, ruined, wrecked. And this happens to so many people where they're sexually abused. That immoral, perverse, unclean spirit has taken over our nation through pornography, pornography and perversion and child pornography, pedophilia. Uh, and it's taken over good people's lives, not just bad people. I mean, this is a demon that's, then, then Paul says, and then we end up doing what we don't want to do. And so if you're in that place, you don't have to go to the left. You don't have to go to the progressive. You don't have to go to, the, to, to hell and, and, and damnation. You can understand that these are demonic spirits. Wickedness, wickedness, wickedness is what is wickedness? What, how do you define wickedness? It, it's, it's like everything against everything that's good. It's, it's promoting evil. And guys, we're human beings. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, goodness, in high places. These are demonic, territorial, diabolical spirits who are pitting us against each other to create great anarchy, division, contention. And you know what? The only way we're going to overcome all of this hatred and vile wickedness and bloodshed is through love, 
to declare our love for God, our love for one another, and forgiveness through forgiving these people. Look at how, look at how vile the crowds were, the mobs were on the day they crucified Jesus. They were like this. They were insane. If they would have had a car in front of them, they would have put it on fire. They wanted him dead. Crucify, crucify. And they were being stirred up by the demonic frenzy of, of, the, of, of Satan's agenda. That's what it was. It wasn't, I mean, these people, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them afterwards didn't really truly get saved because Jesus said, Father, forgive them. And so, but we can see that this kind of rage has been stirred up by Satan. We see it in the, the Holocaust. We see it in the genocide uh, back in Cambodia. We see it in our dictators from the past, our Stalins, our Lenins, our, our uh, uh, Mussolinis, our um, Mao Zedongs, whatever. We, we see it in, uh, we see this demonic call for blood. But, you know, our, our job as believers is really to understand the spiritual forces that we're up against. Well, that goes on here, uh, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, malice, you know, hatred, Mm -hmm. full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, Mm -hmm. boasters, inventors of evil things. Including including rumors and things that aren't true. Oh, yeah, lies. Disobedient uh, to parents. I think this is also a big... Um, we've lost our children for the most part. They, they, now it's time for them to come back. They have wandered away because of the lies that we've told them and the, the ways that we've fed them. Right. And it goes on to say, verse 31, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, Absolutely. unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, practice such things, deserve death, not only do the same, but approve of those who practice them. So there is yeah. approval of those practices. There's encouragement. A calling, There's an encouragement. Calling I mean, the innocent, the, the gullible, the naive, the, the, the uncertain into their ranks. And not only do they know, they, these people, some of them that are under this diabolical control, I believe they know, they know what they're doing. But there's many, many uh, that are being pulled in that have no clue. And then there's many Christians sitting on their hands on the sidelines not knowing what to do and just kind of throwing stones back. This is not how you resolve this matter. This is a spiritual battle. This is not a word battle. This is not a, a Facebook, social media, you know, kind of thing. The more that you talk about these evil, vile things and promote them out there, the more you actually put fuel on this fire. You know, it's like somebody, a kid throwing a tantrum. I don't know about you parents, but if my child would have thrown a tantrum, which they didn't, the, I would not have placated them and bought them an ice cream cone and, t- and taught them how to get their way by stomping their feet and holding their breath and turning red in the face and screaming at the top of their lungs. I would have ignored them, walked out of the room until they came to themselves and realized this is not working. But as long as you cater to uh, this tantrum and, and respond in kind, there is going to be no resolution. We have to take the higher road. If they, you know, that's what some people call it. We have to take the God road. You know, when Jesus, when they wanted to call down fire on the Samaritans, uh, and they were enraged because the Samaritan people back in the day were not were not um, wanting to see Jesus right then. And Jesus, you know, John and James, the two right hand men, were being taken up into this. They were being pulled into this rage, this frenzy, this this. They were they were um, um, indignant, and so they wanted to call down fire because they thought they had that little extra power going on. They're going to use their resources to teach these people a lesson. And what did Jesus do? He basically walked on by and he says. You guys don't have any idea what spirit you're under. So with, um, with us, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, the remnant, we have to be absolutely 
aware at all times of what spirit we are under, what is motivating us to say the words. Because you know what? With, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. With your, you understand this? What you say comes back to either curse someone else or yourself if it's, an, if it's the wrong thing. And so we need to understand that we walk in the spirit of God. If the spirit of God says, speak, speak. If he says, be quiet, be quiet. If he says, pray, pray. If he says, recognize your own sin, you know, then do whatever. Because this is, this is the way it's going to be, I think, until the end, until Jesus comes back. This huge, because it says the godly would get more, more godly and the ungodly would get more wicked. Well, it's, 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 in many ways, it's a very good thing. Uh, even though it's evil because Scary, yeah. so much evil because, you know, you know, people are, are they going to take the cues from uh, uh, celebrities, uh, perverted celebrities that speak at these rallies, or are you going to take our cues from God? And the, yeah. the point is that, you know, and you can hear, you know, conservative talk show people uh, talk about all that's wrong. And, and, and certainly yeah. we need to uh, point out sin so forth right but that you know just going around pointing out sin isn't going to do the job it's going to have to be people who are getting to getting connected with them jesus Mm -hmm. came to seek and to save that which was lost well you know what that's that we have to look at that We, we can't expect ungodly demonized people to act righteously right and this has been going on since the beginning you know as we see in romans here but the thing is, when Jesus was here, and there was a lot of things that were wrong, a lot of things that were not fair, the Romans had put huge oppression upon the, the children of Israel, and, and uh, in Jesus' day, there was perversion, there was sin. But you notice Jesus really didn't preach against sin, although he was, was against sin. He preached the kingdom of God, and he, you know, even when people pr- provoked him, tried to, to preach against sin and how come you're not, you know, judging this woman and throwing stones at this adulteress and how come you're not, you know, scolding Zacchaeus and how come you're going to the sinner's house to eat? And uh, he, he wasn't about the sin. He was about the kingdom of God and how you respond and how do we as believers, true, honest believers, you're going to need to get your act together and know where you stand. It's no more middle ground. It's no more middle of the road. It's no more wait and see. It's no more double mindedness. It's, oh, it's no more hands off. You know, I don't want to get involved. We can't. There is no middle ground going to be left. That's where the earthquake comes. You are going to be either godly or ungodly. And so you might as well start packing your bags and moving towards the Lord because those who are left in the middle are going to be just left with nothing. Um, Because God is looking for a righteous people. And here we have to understand and know who we are. We are representatives, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We have come to do the will of God. We are God's contact points on the earth. We're heaven, the kingdom of heaven's contact points. We're the places where God, you know, it's, it's, you've got to have a contact point in your, in your car to get it started. And we're that place where the energy, the light that the, comes through, the anointing, the word, the spirit of God to make a difference. And we cannot judge these people, but we surely can discern that this really is not political. This is a diabolical, diabolical dismantling of America's mental, emotional, spiritual health. It's a nervous breakdown. The people are having, and I don't think there's that many. I really don't believe that there's that. I think they've scraped together everything they can. I think there's a whole lot of really, really awesome people out there that are righteous citizens that would help their fellow, their good Samaritans. They would help someone in need. They give the shirt off their back. And I believe that when you do good, you feel good. 
And I believe if you start doing more good, you're going to feel better. And so th- th- that's why we can be Jesus and people. And it's, you know what? It's really hard to love someone who's throwing a fit, and but they're all full of pain and rejection and they don't even know it. And so it takes a whole lot of God to get past that wall of, I hate you. We have to, we have to look deeper. We, we, we have to look past the behavior, past the outward appearance of things. Right. And, and see someone there that's, that's, that's messed up, that's under the control of sin and Satan, someone that Jesus loves very much. Mm-hmm. But, and we need, you know, our, to be the, God has called us a place to get through to them. Right. Now, now, getting through to people is, is <laughs> it seems to be more and more difficult because people are, have become so mesmerized and have, in a sense, they're, they're, they've lost their minds. Yeah. You, you just you, well, it's lost true. their minds well, in here, a sense. And so being able to get get through to people in in in, in, a, in a in a reasonable well in a in a way where they can actually way. get saved, yeah. Right. Presenting the gospel. Communicating the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, not just standing on a soapbox bo- soapbox somewhere <laughs> preaching to people, but communicating that love and grace of Jesus. So we are really dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We're not here to just separate ourselves from all the ungodly people. We're there to go to where they are. That's right. Go to because, honey, we're not of this world, really. We right. have we have died with Christ. Actually, your citizenship, mine, is in heaven, and this country. We're here to help the people of this country. That's where we happen to live, our domicile. But we're not of this world. And so, you know, one of the things I observe, too, in what's going on here is back to the idea of a tantrum. A tantrum comes when a spoiled little child isn't getting something they want and they throw a fit. Um, And I think in this generation, uh, and it's not just the young people, but it's the older people as well. You know, if it's all about I need to win and I need to get what I want. And if I can't have what I want, then I'm going to hurt you to get it now. And the thing is, so America really. America, the United States of America has been very blessed by God, but we are also very spoiled. We are spoiled children. We basically eat too much. We indulge in every kind of fantasy and thing that we want to indulge in for the fulfilling of every whim, you know, at the expense of others. Um, at the, and a lot of times at the expense of, of the class right below us. And we don't say we, we don't have classes, but yeah, we do. And, and so we're very spoiled and very um, single-minded in our selfishness. And as the kingdom of God says, you know what? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Love one another. Forgive one another. Preach and bring the gospel. You know, it, truly the, the mark of, of love is to be willing to lay down your life for the other person. And I think it's going to probably come to that because Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. God sent that message of peace, goodwill from heaven but Jesus brought the, the, the very controversial message of there is one God. There are not many gods. All of the world has been trained up in idolatry ever since the very beginning. Satan has made sure that we've eaten often of his de- de- destructive lies and corruptions. And even like going back, I've got to read this in Second Timothy chapter 3, practically memorized it. Um, it yet again describes where we're at. But know this in the last times. And we are in those times. This is another indication. The apostasy is an indication. The, the reckless lawlessness is an indication. The division, the, the civil kind of d- dry. And I, I understand there were r- rallies and, and riots and marches for civil rights and 
civil wars and all this. And, and out of those things, good things, I believe people were heard and people understood and people recognized and admitted when they were wrong and, law, and laws were passed and people were honored and things were good. But, you know, there was, a, there was, a, there were people on the other side of that too, who were fighting for the wrong thing. But in these last days, I think we're out of our minds. I don't think we know what we're fighting for anymore. I, I, what are we fighting for? Because it's so hypocritical, because like you mentioned already, the, the good people who want are maybe truly afraid and truly don't know where safety is coming from. They're anxious because, number one, they do not know God as their savior, their father, and they're on their own. And they're, they're looking to someone to lead them. And they don't want to be led by, um, well, actually, I guess they're picking their leaders depending on how they're being persuaded or maybe bribed who knows i mean some of these rioters are actually paid for we know this there's certain there are certain sources in the world uh that are very evil and that are financing evil and if their finances weren't there and i i would not want to be that man in the, when the world comes to an end i would not want to be certain people who've lived on the face it would be better of the earth if they would have never ever been born i would not want to trade places with them they have they'll get what they got coming as as we'll look at later in psalm 37 but he says, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves. This is not love. This is not the love God talks about. This is, this is narcissism. This is foolishness. Love of money is if money is your God. Money cannot save you in the day of wrath. Boasters, you know, unwilling to admit they're wrong. They're proud. They're blasphemous. They, they hold God in contempt. I think one of the personal opinion here, one of the things that so enraged the demonic elements, that we saw operating the day of and the day after the um, the, uh, the inauguration was this spirit of, uh, of of hatred of God and blaspheming against the Word of God. There was a lot of prayer, a lot of the name Jesus Christ lifted up, even in the midst of the people who prayed and read out of the Word of God, which I thought was absolutely remarkable, awesome, and finally, you know, something that we could be proud of that we did before for the Lord. But it was like. I think that I think the demons and the diabolical, the, the, the forces of hell are becoming they're coming unglued. And the Bible does say in Revelations, and you can help me know where that is, Jerry, where it, they would they would be kicked out of heaven. There was that war in heaven and they were kicked into the second heaven. And now they're going to come to earth. They're going to be basically uh, they're going to take up their abode with and among us. And then all hell literally uh, is going to break out and break loose. And I think that's what we have, because we have this 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 fearless blasphemy. They're not afraid of God. There's no fear of God. There's no, there's no concept of God. There's no knowing or notion of God because we've taken him out of everything with our evolution and our bad gospels. And so it's like, there is no respect for God or the God or fear of God. They're disobedient to parents who represent God, even though a lot of parents are very ungodly. They're, they're unthankful, ungrateful and, and demanding, um, and it basically boils down to unholy. God is very holy. God is holy. He's the definition of holiness, which means for, he's, he's, in, he's, a, he's the same all the way through. They are not willing to love. They're not willing to forgive. They're slanderers. They tell lies. And they tell lies deliberately to hurt the innocent. I've heard some of those lies even projected against the innocent. The, the, and it's just like, I'm so sad for you. I'm so sad for you. I pray for all of you. Um, I think we need to do that a little bit later. They're traitors, actually traitors. They're betraying. Traitors talk about betraying a nation or a group of people or a body of believers. Um, and and you can betray. You can start out in something and betray it. Turn it turn it over to the 
to the enemy. That's what betrayal means or treacherous traitors. Headstrong, they will not be taught. They're haughty, arrogant. They're um, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And this is really, seriously, people, I'm talking to you who have indulged in so many things for your own pleasure's sake, and you have not taken time to live your life for God. And there are many of you out there that are like that. You're on the fence. You think you're all this, all that in a bag of chips, and you're not. You've got to, you've got to make a decision. It's not pleasure now. It's, it's, it's in the presence of God forever later where there's all joy and peace and, and meaning and purpose and fulfillment. But for now, it's not about a life to be filled with pleasure. It's a life to be filled with God and whatever he requires of us that we do. And, and these, some of these, um, they, they, they love that pleasure rather than God or God's people. And they have this horrible, scary form of godliness, but they deny its power or they, they have a pretend power. Satan is going to come with lying signs and wonders and, and, and trick a lot of people. He says, from, of this sort were those who come into, listen, they come, they creep into households and to make captives of gullible women. <laughs> I didn't realize that was right there. Loaded down with sins and led away in various lusts, always learning and never coming to a knowledge of the truth. I think women are, you know, a lot of them are very unhappy. They have been told a lie that they aren't as, as they aren't as secure. They're not the same as a man. They're not as good as a man. They're second class. They got to stay home. So what do they do? They stay home and watch television and be polluted, programmed and, and, and demonized by, by various vile, meaningless, pointless, stupid TV programs. And, and, they're being told another vision, television, told another vision than the vision of the greatness of God. Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He invited females as well as males into his kingdom to do mighty things for him. There is no respecter of persons with God. We are of complete full rights in the sight of God. Yeah, what we're talking about today, it's not a sexist thing, men versus women, women versus men. However, yeah, uh, Satan I, tries to divide I, it. I certainly do believe that if the men would have been doing their job of loving their women, their wives. As God would have them. As God would have mm-hmm. them do it. We never, ever would have had any kind of a feminist movement in the United States. Because they would have been happy and complete. And, you know, I, I have all the rights I want, and I have all the rights that my husband has. I mean, it's not like we're competitive. It's not like we, um, I have to, you know, I have all the rights I need to live godly in Christ Jesus. And it's not about having rights. That makes you right. It's not even about being right and insisting you're right. Our righteousness comes only from Jesus Christ. So having rights and being right are not the, the key element to, to being acceptable before God. What we're demand, what people, many people are demanding as rights in America are actually wrongs, according to the <laughs> Oh, scripture. my. Oh, yeah. my. They're the, so the wrong. The rights we demand are wrongs. Yeah. You know, it's, what, almost, it's almost like you, you, you hope to God that those wrongs it says um you know the backsliding brings them back to god to repent you, you hope that after they see their vile behavior and all these wrongs that somehow it will bring them to their senses to see what they have done um and how far they've moved from the the truth of god but i believe what we're seeing here is that underbelly of evil and rage and murder and perdition what, that's setting the stage for what, the antichrist what has to happen there has to be a, a revelation of jesus christ to, to people, and it has to be communicated, for the most part, it's communicated by people who really love the Lord. That's right. 
And when it's communicated in love, in truth to people, in ways people can relate to and understand with a lot of prayer going into it, there will be a revelation, a, a waking up. Yeah, it's got to be. Because, a coming out of uh-huh. um, coming out of your mind. It's, it's kind of like that the man, the, the demoniac Godard yeah. that was just going around crazy, naked, cutting himself, screaming at night. They tried to, they tried to send him into treatment programs where they lock him up. That didn't work. Jesus came one day and got the demons out. And yeah. what does it say about him later on? It says he was sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And what did he do after that? He went to an area of 10 cities and mm-hmm. told people about what Jesus had done for him. He became an evangelist. So sitting two. and clothed in peace, yeah. in decency, and in his right mind. So really, the goal of Satan is to mm-hmm. twist our thinking. And to demonize us. To demonize mm-hmm. us, to control us, yeah. and so forth. And so yeah. we have to, you know, have to well, decide, are we going to take our cues from a bunch of uh, demonized celebrities, or are we going to take our cues from... Well, celebrities, of, of, nobody's... Uh, no names that they're all in there it's not just one group of people right. and you know when you in the, there's a danger when you name a group of people or a person's name or something that you are you're you know putting it putting it all on them what we're thinking seeing here is that this is a demonic uh this is a, you know what here what happens in this war between god and satan in sport in the spiritual world is god makes a move then satan makes a move then god makes a move then satan makes a move God made a move on the 20th. Satan made a move on the 21st. It's like there, there's just, it, it, you guys don't be sucked into this because your eternal soul, the destinies of your children, your eternal salvations may depend on this. And, and the key with God is to admit we're wrong, to repent, turn around, change your mind, confess your sin, humble yourself. This is where it says a haughty spirit goes before fall. You know, there is going to be a day of reckoning when there will be true justice. And it's not going to come because I'm going to stamp around in the, in the street and throw a fit. The true justice is going to come from the Almighty God who's going to weigh the hearts and minds and actions and behaviors and decisions and beliefs of every one of us. However, for most of us, because of the great number of offenses, and the Bible says, by the way, blessed and happy is the man who's not offended because of me. Let's not get offended here because of Jesus, because that's not the way to do this. The way to do this is to stand for righteousness, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, love and forgive. Um, because this, there's, there, Jesus, when he met that man in, in the tombs, he loved him. He didn't scold him. He didn't run away from him. He, and the man was beside him. He was not in control anymore. This man, these people are not in control anymore. Stop and think. But they think they are, and that's the deception. They think they are in control of their of their rights. They're standing up for their rights. There is somebody else in control of them. It's like it's like if you were, um, you know, you were getting into a car. Would you do this? Would you put yourself into a car as a passenger in a car that's being driven by somebody who's drunk, already intoxicated, and slinging a gun and spewing profanities just so you could get to the other side of of the of the of the top town would you get would you endanger yourself mentally emotionally physically to get in the car with someone who's a known you know uh crazy guy and just so you could transport yourself to the other side to get your rights no 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 
no, no, no. It's better to walk. It's better to, to look to God to provide. Many of us, I think, don't realize that we're getting in the car with people that are out of control. Um, and they, they don't care about you. There is no respect for you or your rights. You're just something, a stepping stone. You're somebody that they can use to add to their numbers. And, and we can call these useful idiots on either side of the line. You know, Satan is using a lot of very, very good people. And I know them, and this makes my heart break. Christians who actually love God, who can actually be for bloody abortions. I don't get it. I, it's not a political Democrat, uh, Republican thing. It is a righteous thing. It's a, it's a right and wrong. It's a God a, a righteousness. It's about righteousness. And so when you, if you have done this, if you endorsed, come under the authority of uh, supported this kind of behavior, this kind of leadership, whatever it is, please, for your own soul's sake, get it straight with God. You know, God does not want us to or call us to be murderers or accomplices to murder. So thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive and understand what we're saying and doing. We have to remember that the uh, greatest advocate for human rights is Jesus Christ. That's right. For women's rights. Yeah. Or women's uh, issues, whatever. The greatest advocate for all of mankind to, for decency and for security and for peace and for joy and for purpose and fulfillment mm-hmm. and, 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 and righteousness was Jesus. Another thing, too, is that some Americans are thinking, well, you know, in order, uh, some Christians mm-hmm. are, are, are thinking, mistakenly thinking that we need to have godly government in order to be godly. Yeah, yeah. Well, most, that's simply not true. It's kind of nice but what can happen sometimes with with godly government is that the Christians fall asleep and go, go back to Constantine, make Christianity right. the official religion of the Roman Empire, and that's when we got all the religious abominations yeah. abominations mm-hmm. in there. Most of the time, Christians are have lived under very ungodly governments, and and actually and, that's and, and drive, that's, yeah. that's okay. We cannot expect. And hope for it. It's kind of nice, maybe, but most of the time, government is going to be doesn't mean that we're rebellious against God, against yeah. government, mm-hmm. but that we uh, we 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 can we are called to live godly because our kingdom. We mentioned it earlier. Uh-huh. Our kingdom, the kingdom of God, is not of this world. We live in the kingdom of God. We're advocating and extending the kingdom of God in the midst of a hostile environment, governmentally, socially, politically, religiously, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. So we're called to stand in the midst, uh, uh, in in the midst, strong, like Peter said, uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. generation. Well, in Romans 13, it says, I think this was part of this was read or um, uh, alluded to in the, the scriptures that were read uh, in the inauguration as well, um, that we are called to be subject to the governing powers, the high, the authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and thus, and those who resist will bring a judgment on themselves. Oh, ouch. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be, do you want to be unafraid of authority? Then do what is good, and you will have praise of the same for God is for he is God's minister to you for good. 
And, you know, the reason he's there and the reason we're excited about, you know, any kind of peace or righteousness or justice in, in the White House, in the political scene, is because it gives us believers an opportunity to live uh, peaceable lives and to focus on the harvest and focus on, on the love of God. And, and he says here, God, they're, they're the ministers, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath. On him who practices evil, you know our our rulers are not. They, you know, you and I will give an account to God. If you're if you've married an abusive mate, you're still going to have to give an account to God. You can't go to God and say, well, you know, I would have served you God except I married the devil. You you we we would have served you God except we had these dictators and we had these horrible people in in office. We are to submit to them as much as we can. Now Peter and and. John realized at some point in the book of Acts that they could not submit to the dictates of the rule because they had to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. And they couldn't stop doing that, even though their rulers were insisting that they did that. They, had, they were now then subject to the higher rulership of their, their God. And so as far as as much as we can live peaceably, do good works, love one another, there's really no law against that. Okay, you can't love one another. You have to beat each other up. You have to be unkind. You have to steal from one another. You have to tell lies. There are no laws passed like that. There's a lot of laws passed to try to make us be good and to, to be nice and to, you know, not rip each other off. And if you do, then you get to go to court and sue each other, blah, blah, blah. But there are no laws against being kind and good. And so you can still fulfill most of what God has called us to do and still submit to even ungodly rulership. How many of you live for God, even in a, a, a regime uh, administration that was, promoting all kinds of ungood, ungood, there's a good verb, ungood things, evil things. But, and you know, also on the other side of that coin, like you just said, Jerry, I think we can't look to a president to be our God. Um, this thing is moving towards the end. And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm very excited. I'm very happy. I'm very happy that God has been merciful to us for a season. Now is the time to work. Because we're, we're going to go towards revelation. There is no stopping this move now. It's, it's rolling. And whether we get there in 10 years, 15 years, or, or next year, we don't know. Or maybe even the end of this year. We don't know. But the point is, you have an eternal, um, uh, you're going to have to give an account, accountability, to the one true God. And how are you going to keep yourself in the midst of this very chaotic world? Um, I believe this, this riotous stuff will probably blow over and go underground again for a while because Satan is going to night now after this all gets the scuttle, but gets over is probably going to try to lull the believers back to sleep. But I want you to re- remember, stay awake now, stay awake now, just because it's not blowing up out in front of your window right now. And the bombs aren't dropping right this second. Isn't time to go back to life as usual. It is time to dig in and look to God and get into the destiny. God's called you to follow the ministry, follow the call of God. Well, the intensity needs to increase. You know, we can get lulled to sleep. Oh, we have Trump, and things might be favorable now, yeah. more, more favorable to us. That's, that's where Satan would just like to Seduce. sedate us mm-hmm. uh, on yeah. that sort of thing. So now is the time to rise. Yeah. And, and because, you know, this, this evil is multiplying, but in the midst of that, the righteousness and the people of God, are, uh, there are people of God that are really are going forward. Yeah. In, in powerful, powerful ways. And I would say this to you, too, that are listening. Be prepared for new things that God has for you, mm-hmm. new dimensions, things that you've never done before. Be prepared for those things 
because this is part of the call of God upon you. Mm-hmm. And God has prepared you for this all your life. And in fact, from before the foundation of the world. Amen. So don't listen to the Lord. Be obedient to the, to the Lord. Draw near to him and, and begin to take those steps. Even though if people might say you you're, think you're crazy, move with what God is putting in your heart to do. Take, Let him open the doors in his time and his way. We're not used to living like that. We're used to living in our own ideas and our own mindsets and planning our way and five goals and a year plan. And, but, but listen, in Revelations chapter 6, we are really in the book of Revelations, I believe, uh, in the second seal, which is the, the second horse, the red horse, I believe it is. Yes, and another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another, and there, there was given to him a great sword. This has been going on since 9-11. I think terrorism, uh, war on terror, uh, all of this seeking out the enemy over across the way, trying to, you know, um, mass dist- uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction, all of these lies and all of these whatever were setups to create not. I mean, that was just that that's a false flag because the real agenda was to bring fear, to bring terror, to bring suspicion, to bring lots of uh, surveillance, to bring more ways uh, to endorse more uh, binding laws, um, taking away liberties and creating this. Now we see this peace taken from the earth. And if you go to chapter um, nine of revelations, you're going to see it's even, um, and he talks, he's talking there by that time we're down into the fifth trumpet, but, and he's talking about the, I think it's the locusts, um, 200 million man army and their power was in their mouth and in their tails where their tails are like serpents having heads. And with them, they do harm. This is just like the fiery serpents that were in the desert when Moses was taking the children of Israel um, through Sinai and uh, the desert. And these things were biting them and they were dying. And what did God say to Moses? Set up the cross, put up the pole, put the serpent, which was the the, the representation of not um, of the serpents that were biting them, but that Jesus became a curse for them um, to remove the curse from them and those who looked would, would live and they were healed of their, of their uh, burns or poisons or whatever they were. But it says, but, um, and the serpents like the serpents having heads and with them uh, to do harm. But verse 20, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or of their sorceries or of their sexual immorality or their thefts. This is where it's going. This is, it's going to come to the black and white. It's going to come to the right and wrong. It's going to come to the holy, the unholy. There's not going to be any mixtures. People are going to be in or out. You're going to be in or out. You're going to have caught the bus or missed the bus of salvation. It's not a sort of, I'm sort of on the bus. You're either on the bus or not on the bus. You're either in or you're out. You're either written in the Lamb's Book of Life or you're not. And it's not fear of God that wants that we want to use to provoke you to get into the kingdom, but it's the great goodness of God. And unfortunately, the kingdom of God has been preached as if it's a fear thing. It's just a, it's a, it's a truth. It's a fact thing. The soul that sins shall die is not, you know, it's like a parent who says to their child, the child who sticks his finger in the light socket will be electrocuted. There's, that's not a, that's not a, I wish you would do that and hurry up so I could see you die. It's, this is 
of warning. The soul that sins shall die. And sin means you're believing lies. It means you, it's not, it's a, sin is a description of behavior that separates us from God, but it comes out of believing lies. And lies come from the liar who's trying to influence us to believe lies and go um, after the things that um, are very uh, horribly, horribly uh, deadly to our eternal salvation. Well, the Bible says it's, um, don't despise Romans 2, 4, the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the, or do you, or do you despise? He's asking this question. He says, are you going to, escape the judgment of God? He said, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? No, but in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you are treasuring up yourself for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render each one according to his deeds. So he says, you got a choice here. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to uh, recognize the goodness of God? It's the goodness of God. It's not the terror of God. It's the goodness of right. God that that leads us to repentance. He gives us opportunity to repent, to Amen. turn, to change our minds. Now that's and the he message. also says that in was there the in message Romans of Jesus, he yeah. said, "Repent, change your mind, and believe the gospel." And in, and reading on in that very passage, he says in verse six who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So there is this day of reckoning coming. There is this day of reward. There is this day of patient endurance. And as, as a matter of fact, in chapter two of Romans, which follows chapter one, obviously, which we read about where all this bad stuff is going on, the unrighteous judgments and those who practice things worthy of death, blah, blah, blah. But in chapter two, he starts out by saying, you're inexcusable, old man, if you judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. So he's saying, be careful. Do not judge. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you not think, O oh man, that you who judge those who practice such things and do the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? So what I think we're wanting to wrap this up to say is that this is a very precarious and, and dangerous place for a believer to be. Because we're very prone to getting angry at the offenses, at the injustices, at the lies. We're very prone to taking matters into our own hands. And God is saying, when you do that, you, you're going to be pulled right into the fire yourself. What we want God, what we, we want God to judge us. We discern it and we want to, want to forgive these people and turn the, the crimes over to the righteous judge who is there. He will do this. He, he says in uh, Psalm 37, um, which I think would be really good for us to read often this year. He says, um, he says, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and, and, land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. 
He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the mean day. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked will be no more. Indeed, you will look diligently for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. And then God goes on to say, um, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. So God knows who we are. He knows the righteous. He knows the wicked. He knows who's who and what's what. And he is going to make this right. So we are to wait upon the Lord. And I believe at this point we have a golden opportunity. And we probably should take the next few minutes uh, to do that is to pray and repent, make intercession for that group of people. But Jerry, you have something you want to say first. Well, I just uh, kind of a summarizing uh, factor here is that um, some suggestions for us as we're facing these things, uh, the, the, the spirit of these things that we're dealing with, the upheaval, the insanity in our society. Number one, don't give in to anger or hate. Hate sin, love people, and then forgive. Another thing is that don't get caught up in politics. Don't get caught up in the rhetoric of politics and pray and intercede. Let your heart be broken over these things, and that's what we're going to do in a moment. But then, you know, and then, of course, as we've been talking about today, understand the spiritual war, the lies of Satan, which are controlling so many. This is a spiritual war, and we, we only fight with spiritual weapons. And one of those is prayer and intercession. We're going to use that mm-hmm. in just a, in a moment. Yeah. And, then, and then explain the truth to others when you can. No, we're, we're called to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Um, you know, we're, we're called to speak the truth in love. There is a, a drought of truth. It's like truth has fallen on the street, equity cannot enter, like in the days of Isaiah. So we're called to be bearers of truth, but we're called to speak the truth in love, understanding. Look past the outward things, look past the rhetoric. Yeah, we see it. We recognize that it's unscriptural. There are times where it needs to be pointed out as wrong, but we want to get to the root. The root of it is the power of the enemy working in people's lives and the hearts of people. When the hearts of people are changed by the power of Jesus, Lives will change. Amen. Their families change. The community changes. The nation changes. So let's let's go to prayer. Amen. Right. Well, now. in Second Corinthians it says, "For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war, war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so, Lord God, we come right now before you." And we ask, uh, we first of all declare that you are God and that you are the one true God and that your word is true and that you are the sovereign, holy, righteous judge and that you're not willing that any man should perish and that you look upon this nation with a, a, a heavy heart, I'm sure, to see what Satan has done to your beloved. And I pray, Father God, we agree together as we bring these crimes committed against our nation uh, by the enemy, by the diabolical deeds of evil, 
and their uh, agenda to destroy us and the world. But we, we, being a very prominent member of this world system, Father, we come before you on behalf of America, Americans, those who rioted and those who uh, rejoiced. We come before you, Lord God, to confess the sins of our nation and the um, endorsement and promotion of those sins by those in power. We come to confess the sins of murder and bloodshed and, and hatred and vile contempt and, and deception and deliberate destruction of the innocent, stealing, injustice, accusations, the practices of witchcraft and sorcery, uh, giving place to lies, seeking after other gods, uh, coveting the things of this world, uh, refusing to love one another, refusing to be corrected. Lord God, there's so many in that list of things that we've done, so many crimes that we have been promoted and, and, and provoked into doing. Uh, but let us not be also accused of judging these people, our people, ourselves. Lord God, we see this as a very terrible, treacherous time that we live in. And who would have known such a thing could be that we could endorse such vile wickedness in our streets and, and call it good, Father God, but it's here. And we turn these crimes committed against us, against those who know and those who don't know, by the demons, by the diabolical powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places that rule in the hearts of so many and they don't know it. We turn these crimes over to you, Lord God, and Satan, the accuser of the brethren who'd make accusation against the United States of America, against our, our president, against his family, against the people who love and provide support for him against just the simple little citizens who just want to live good lives and be godly against the church, against those who follow you. Satan is brought up and risen up with great accusation against the righteous and the innocent on every level, the tiny ones, the little ones, the unborn ones. Father God, we come before you on behalf of all of those who have been victims of these huge, horrible, heinous, demonic crimes. We come before you on behalf of those who don't even know that they're victims of these crimes, who have been used by the enemy. We come on behalf of all of those who are lost. Come on behalf of those who yet need to know you and the light of your truth and the power of your kindness and your heart that not, you're not willing that any should perish. We come before you, God, to ask you to throw out of court Satan's vile accusations and his long list of, of behaviors and, and exhibits of our sin and and, and all of the things he's shown you, Lord God, that he's been able to do to destroy your people as right and reason and evidence as he presents his case against us, Lord God, to ask for our destruction, that he might continue to bring forth his demonic judgments against us, Lord God. And we're asking now for mercy. We're asking for our faithful witness, Jesus Christ, who has seen everything, who has angels among us, who know everything that's been going on to testify to you, Lord God, of the truth, that he make our, make our case known, even as the advocate, to make known to you, Lord God, what's really going on, which we know you know. But Jesus is our defender. He also died for us. He paid the price for the penalties of sin that were demanded, the wages of sin that was death. He paid it in full. He actually, Lord God, and you know this, became a curse, took on the curse of sin on the cross and became that curse for us. Even as that serpent was hung on the cross, he became a curse. He became sin for us. That, not that he ever sinned, but that he took on all of our sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And as he became a curse, we were set free, set free from the curse. And so, Father God, we're asking now, 
as we turn the judgment, we forgive these people. We forgive those who have provoked us to rage and anger. We forgive those whose actions have been so insensitive and unbelievably horrible. God, even, even that words in the language cannot describe what's been done and is being done. Lord, I pray today that you would use this as an opportunity, a wake-up call. An alarm would sound in the hearts of the righteous and those who are still kind of undecided and still divided. That an alarm would go off and that the, the dividing lines would be drawn. And that those who are yet undecided would come to the way of righteousness for the sake of their souls, for the sake of their families, for the sake of each And that is not going to go away. And if you spend eternity in the wrong place, there is no reprieve. There is no um, uh, reincarnation. Father God, so I pray that you would have mercy upon the ignorant, upon those who have been deceived, that you would throw the devil's requests out of court, that you would take us through to this wrath and judgment as quickly and as painlessly as possible, that you protect the righteous in the middle of this horrible uh, outpouring of wrath against the unrighteousness, Lord, even as we read about that, they'll still not soften, they'll still not give in, they'll still not repent. Lord, there are some that may not have the capabilities. I don't know. You know. But, Lord, I pray right now that you would bring forth your truth and that your righteousness as Christ Jesus died for people to be saved, that Satan will not prevail in the harvest, that you will give us the harvest, you'll give us a heart for it, that as, as fervent and as, as maybe even as passive as we've been, that will turn to fervency. As, as much as we've been laid back and uncommitted, we will become all the more driven and for, uh, committed to stand and having done all to stand and to know what we're standing up against and to know that we are not deceived, Lord God, and that you'll restore unto your people righteousness, justice, truth, a pursuit of God, a holiness, a love for your word, and for the preachers and the shepherds that have a greater judgment upon them for what they have done to defile your word, Lord, and mispreach the gospel, misinstruct the people, deliberately deceive them, God, that you'd have mercy upon them as well, that we would all repent before you and preach how Jesus did, do what Jesus did, bring the kingdom of God to, to earth, stand in having done all the stand and not be afraid, not grow weary in well-doing. And Father, we ask that you now ignite your people with the power, the fire of God, the passion of Jesus Christ. You would ignite us, set us on fire for righteousness and truth and good in the way that is led by the Holy Spirit, that Satan will not get a hold of our passion for righteousness and use it against us as he would so love to, to uh, bait us on that hook, but that our passion for righteousness will be tempered and guided by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And we thank you for joining us today. We ask that you would um, do us uh, and yourself a great favor and tell other people about Rescue Radio. You can hear us online on our uh, liferecovery.com uh, website, or you can get us through Facebook or Twitter. And we pray now that you'd have an awesome day and that you will be changed by what you've heard today. In Jesus' name, amen. I have an emergency. What is your location?